What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Welcome to Forward Thinking, everybody. It's time for another podcast. My name is Jonathan Strickland, and I am joined by... Uh, Lauren Vogelbaum, who is shaking her head at you. And Joe McCormick, who... I, I made some horrible noise when you... Never mind. Uh, right. Well, you know, I, I make a time joke. They both groan, because we are talking about time today. And we're talking about time and relativity. And sort of the challenges that we're going to have in keeping time... In the future, and you might think, well, you know, I thought we got pretty good at keeping time by now. I mean, we've got a long history of keeping time, centuries mm-hmm. of keeping time, and uh, and it's true, we have gotten very good at keeping local time, uh, particularly things like, oh, uh, I don't know, making sure that we our seconds match up every single second of the day, uh, like for instance, uh, our quantum clock, which is keeping time so accurately that it won't lose a second for 3.7 billion years. Yeah, as opposed to the uh, old standard, which is one second every hundred million years, which is just you know, yeah, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. We can't right. live like that. <laughs> right. But but so so from a local perspective, 
uh, we are very good at keeping time. But that local perspective is all based on the fact that we're all pretty much um, stuck here on this big old rock we call the Earth, traveling around the sun together, more or less moving at the same speed. Although, depending upon where you are on Earth, that actually changes just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out that time is not something that's universally standard, right, Joe? What? I didn't know this was news to you. You wrote a whole episode of Forward Thinking about time. You don't remember that? No. Maybe it was in the future. Anyway, time is not standard. Hold on a second. Yeah. All right. So you're telling me... Yeah. You're telling me what? That that time is not a real thing? What about all of the, the physical laws we think of that are based on time? Like... Uh, light takes this long to cross this amount of distance. All right. So time is time is relative, Joe. Time is relative uh-huh. depending upon a few things like gravity or mass or the speed at which you tra- at which you travel. And uh for us, for human beings, time is a very subjective experience where we experience time the way most of us are familiar. You know, a second takes a second. A minute is 60 seconds. An hour is 60 minutes. Unless you're sitting in a doctor's office or, you know, attending a really boring lecture, in which case a second is much longer than or that. Or you're having fun, in which case a second is much smaller. That mm-hmm. that kind of, of course, goes back to the subjective part. But Well, I mean, we, we don't even know how long a second takes for somebody else, right? I mean, sure. I know what a second feels like to me. What if your second feels a lot longer than mine does? Okay, yeah. And what if the color blue looks different to you than it does to me? That's beside the point here, Joe. What I'm trying to get at is that depending upon how fast you, Joe, are traveling, time will pass at a different rate for you than it would for someone who is not traveling at that same speed. This gets really complicated because we're technically all traveling already. We're on a planet that is moving uh, that planet is not stationary. Now, if we had uh, gone back to pre-Copernican times, where we all had just assumed the Earth is a fixed location that mm-hmm. is static and is not moving, and if that were in fact true, uh, time would be a pretty simple thing for us to keep track of. But it's not true. We are on a planet that's moving around, and that is part of what determines how time passes for us. Yeah. Now, if you, Joe, were to get into, say, I don't know, a spaceship that has a really fast propulsion system on it, like close to the speed of light. And you were to just do a quick joy ride around the solar system and come back. For argument's sake, we'll say that uh, you, you spent one hour according to your experience. Your, your watch says one hour has passed and you land back on Earth. Now, you were to compare your watch with my watch, which we had synchronized before you got in that spaceship you would see that more time had passed on my watch than on your watch. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, I actually did a little research on this. Oh, uh, Joe, you were pulling my leg I'm earlier. I'm sorry, I was faking it. <laughs> I'm I'm not that... Uh, well, okay. I'm pretty misinformed. But <laughs> we, So I, I say, what if, what if you start watching a movie when you get on your spaceship okay. and then somebody back on Earth starts watching a movie at the same time? How much time you have to finish a movie if, say, you're going at 90% of the speed of light. Now, I looked up the, the Lorenz transformation ratio on this, and it says if you're going about 90% of the speed of light, the transformation effect is at a ratio of, I think, like, it was 2.29. Mm-hmm. And that works out that the person on the ship who, who leaves in time to watch a movie, comes back when it's over, has time to watch The Little Mermaid. Okay. Back on Earth... At the same time that the Little Mermaid viewer arrives home, you have just finished watching The Godfather Part 2. Gotcha. 200 minutes long, 
the full thing, the you wow. know, the sadness at the end. <laughs> so you get you get some Pacino and De Niro while the other person's singing part of your world. Right. Right. So so the person on the spaceship, it feels like only ninety minutes have passed. The person on Earth, it's much longer. Or ninety minutes only have passed for the person on the that's spaceship. That's true. That's yeah. true. It doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like it, but right. it is. Yeah, because that's the way time works. Subjective. It's, again, it's a subjective speed. experience. This, well, this, that, that's the thing. It, subjective in the sense that it feels normal for everybody. Right. 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 Y- you on the spaceship, it doesn't feel to you like your time is going any slower. Right. Everything seems totally normal. Your watch, the second hand, takes a second to tick. The movie looks like it's playing at a regular speed. But if somehow the people on the Earth were able to peer in the window of your spaceship, obviously they wouldn't be able to. But if we could just imagine that, it would seem to them like you were watching the movie in slow motion. Right, and that you're, that everything was going in slow motion. Not just you watching the movie, but your your watch. The second hand would be uh, ticking away at a slower rate than it should from that other observer. This is also tricky because we often talk about from a stationary observer. Well, we don't really have any stationary observers because, yeah, no again, thing. Yeah, yeah, we're on a planet. The we're planet's all, moving. It's a giant spaceship, essentially. Isn't, yeah. isn't it even like just just theoretically a rule that there's no such thing as a stationary observer? That's that a good you can question. Only, I think you can only sort you can sort of posit one, but there, there's no way of actually confirming I mean, that you are stationary. You're technically in a universe that's expanding, so I mean it's hmm. it's it's a complicated thing, right? Because if you're if you are part of whatever system you are in, then you are moving, mm-hmm. right? So that this gets really this this gets to be a mind bender, and you might think, oh well, this is kind of crazy. We're talking about near speed of light travel. We have to contend with this right now. There are satellites in orbit; they're in geosynchronous orbit over the Earth that are keeping track of things like like your GPS stuff, which isn't necessarily geosynchronous orbit, but. You've got satellites up there that that are sending down information, and our GPS systems, which I'm sorry, I just said GPS system. I'll have to go to the <laughs> ATM machine and use my PIN number. Um, but it, but let's say you've got a GPS, and it's getting information. It's technically getting information from multiple satellites, and that information includes when the satellite sent down a packet of information. And by using this this data, the GPS can determine where you are on the surface of the earth it triangulates all that data and it's all in the one of the important things in that is when was the data sent by the satellite it's super time sensitive right exactly because that's what determines where you you know how it how it figures out where you are on mm-hmm. the surface of the earth it so, says, so those so those seconds matter right and the thing is those satellites that are in orbit are tracking time to us it seems like at a different rate because their clocks over the course of a good span of time start to lose time, and due to the distance from the center of gravity of the Earth, yeah, they're, um, they're and moving due to faster. the speed at which they're they're moving, right? It, to be fair, th- that change is so tiny. It is tiny. Like if if we were just to uh, you know be aboard this satellite or something, we wouldn't even notice it. It's it, we're talking about a tiny, tiny fractions of a second. Now it matters if you're doing really precise calculations, like I assume the kind that that a GPS would that have matters. to be. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, but but uh, at those kinds of speeds, it doesn't become a really noticeable problem the same way it was when we talked about, you know, watching The Godfather. Right. That That's much more, it's it's like an instant realization, whereas with the satellite, it's an accumulative thing as well. It would take months before people would even start to notice that something's hinky here. I, mm-hmm. I know that we synchronize them and they're all atomic clocks. Why would they, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. But... We have to contend with that that macro dilation reality too, don't we? I mean, mm. if we're talking about the future, 
when we're talking about expanding into space, I mean, assuming we really are going to explore the cosmos. Right. Which, you know, I'm going to. I don't know about the rest of humanity. So that <laughs> yeah. everyone well, else better catch up. Lauren's like, see ya. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just call her Major Tom from suckers. now on. <laughs> I'm out. Right. But yeah, if we want to do that, I mean, for instance, if we want to try and find another planet to colonize, uh, most of the most of the planets that would be even remotely uh, possible for that are hundreds of light years away. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the nearest systems, period, are hundreds of light years away. No, well, no. Alpha Centauri's, Alpha Centauri's oh, okay, two okay. is but, only two, sure. But yeah, you know, if you're mad. talking, I was sorry. thinking of Kepler twenty two B. You know, that yeah. one uh-huh. that was the one that the Kepler found, and they were like, oh, this one looks pretty cool. Yeah, like six hundred light years away. Yeah, six hundred light years away. That, that's light years. I mean, technically, according to relativity, you cannot travel at that speed. You, right. You can't go at light speed. The closest we could hope to do, if we if we accept the universal speed limit of of light speed, is getting you know close to light speed, like we were talking about earlier. It's possible mm-hmm. maybe we could someday get a craft that goes ninety percent of the speed of light, and right. then traveling to these places becomes a lot more feasible. Right, but you're still talking about. The descendants of the people who got on board the ship are the right. ones who are there. Or Unless, some kind of cryogenic sort of right. shenanigans. Or, or, we, or we managed to find some way of turning off the aging gene. And mm-hmm. So we're perpetually the same age as whenever we got that but, treatment done. I wish that they would hurry up with that because my time is running out, people. I've heard you're very old, Jonathan. That's what I hear. Lauren, I, I don't trust the cryogenic freezing, by the way, because every time you do that, Mother wakes you up halfway there, <laughs> and there's some beacon you've got to go check out on some weird blasted rock in the mm-hmm. middle of space. Th- this, this kind of brings me to mind of another uh, science fiction, a beloved science fiction franchise, and I'm talking specifically about Star Trek where they've established the idea of the star date. Eh. Right, yeah. Star date is a, is is essentially it's it's well, I guess they do it in quadrants in Star Trek, but they they have an established time that everyone can magically work on and that way when you refer to a star date, everyone else that you encounter knows exactly when you're you know what time you're talking about because they're all keeping that same star date somehow right I, I can only assume that they either have a computer on some planet probably earth because earth is clearly the center of the entire universe right. um, uh, yeah. or or something else that is keeping time and is so technologically advancedly that it seems like magic to us transmitting that signal simultaneously to every clock in the rest of the universe or I don't know that the quantum logic has has advanced to a state <laughs> that that the computers can handle the logarithms. Maybe they've they've got the they've got the the entangled electrons and the spin of the electron tells the onboard ship clock. Okay, yeah, ship time because you you would have mm-hmm. to have ship time. Ship oh, time course, would yeah. be what it would feel like to the people who are on board the ship, right? Mm-hmm. And that time would feel like just like in on any other surface that the second is a second, a minute is a minute, etc. The star date is supposed to be outside of that. It's supposed to be this universal time. And again, I agree. I think it's probably something that's supposed to be set on Earth because Starfleet is, that's where Earth is. And I can't believe we're having this discussion this d- in depth. But they didn't even keep it consistent on the show. Did no, they? no, didn't no, they? no. Like, the early like, days, they just had a shorthand. You know, back at, back before, like the first, if you watch that, the original series, 
and uh, and you watch those first few episodes, they they aren't consistent. In fact, there are later episodes that have earlier star dates because they were just kind of they thought it sounded cool. They were just spitting out numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like like number forty seven, forty seven, forty seven, etc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a cool number. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in, in the Star Trek universe, forty seven is pretty with big. A con. But anyway, uh, that's the thing is that you would have to have some sort of really complex computer to be able to take in that information and take your onboard ship's clock. And it was just ridiculous. Wait a second. Let's break this down. Okay. Let's talk about what's really the problem here. Okay. Now, in Star Trek, they're going faster than the speed of light. Yeah, they're warp warp speed. Yeah. So let's just – maybe that's possible. You know, maybe everything we know is wrong. But let's let's just say right for right now that that, that's not actually what we're going to be doing. But, okay. That's okay. Fair we're, enough. we're just and going to a, ignore tesseracts entirely. Yeah. Just skip over that. That's cool. Let, let's imagine that that we can go ninety percent the speed of light. Okay. Like we were talking about before. Break it down. What What's the actual problem? Why can't we keep clocks synchronized? Well, because again, time is from from a stationary observer. Which again, from the observer down here, time is is literally moving differently. I, you know, it, it, it's it's all the theory of, of relativity by by Einstein. It says that that time is part of the fabric of space, and that the fabric of space time is is warped by both gravity and speed. Yeah, and so. so so you are you are changing. You are intrinsically changing the nature of this imaginary thing. <laughs> You're changing your experience. Well, I mean, no, it sounds like it sounds like essentially what we're saying is that time is an experience. Yeah, it's, it's not something that you can track in any kind of standard or universal way. It's also a magazine. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I just didn't want you to pigeonhole. It's also a, a print side project. That's isn't it? true. Yeah. 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 Morris Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> Joe and I are bonding over terrible references. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it is it's totally subjective. And really, the the to me, one of the interesting things is that uh, from the perspective of any one individual, you know, whether that person is aboard a spaceship or on a planet or drifting out into the dark, cold clutches of space itself, time is passing at a very at, at that normal rate. Normal being like this is this is what I'm used to. To that person, it's, right. it's not until you meet up with someone else who has been traveling at a different speed and you compare notes that you even have the moment where you're like, "Wow, oh, hey. that's that's yeah. weird." So uh, maybe we would just have to give up the fact that okay, if you're traveling at a you know very significant fraction of the speed of light, everything's going to get messed up. Well, actually, no matter how fast you're traveling, right. It's going to get messed up a little bit, right? But it's just the question of the faster you travel, the more messed up it gets, right? Uh, in a in an exponential way. Yes. Right? Okay. So we understand that uh, the traveling in these spaceships at a near fraction of the speed of light will, will make keeping track of time across distances completely pointless. You, you just can't really do it, right? Maybe you could, I'd imagine, have different sort of galactic time zones, right? Like each planet keeps its own time, or sure. each solar a system, system even sure. keeps its own time in a way uh, that is useful locally. Yes. And, and when you get somewhere new, you just have to adapt to their time. But that introduces another idea to me. So if we're traveling beyond Earth, Aren't we going to get messed up real bad? Just our bodies, our brains. I mean, we are so deeply programmed to work on this planet that has a, a an essentially 24-hour day. A particular circadian. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. What happens to us when suddenly we just do not have day and night anymore? Well, if, if you're aboard a ship, I assume, I mean, we're talking about 
far enough in the future where we have these propulsion systems, it's it's far enough to say that I, I think we would be able to simulate night-day cycles aboard the ship. Sure. So at least on, on ship, your night-day cycles to you would seem normal. They would seem to be transpiring at the same rate as they would if you were back on Earth. Now, meanwhile, someone back on Earth would be, uh, if they were able to see what your night-day cycles would look like, they would say, wow, that's nothing like what it is on Earth. Because, again, you're traveling at near the speed of light. So it's, you know, from the two different from the two different perspectives, it's going to seem totally different. But from each individual, it's going to seem perfectly normal. That would allow you to at least maintain some sense of balance from a normal day-night cycle while you're on the ship. On another planet, totally different story. You're pretty much, you know... I mean, unless you're living inside all the time with no windows out to the outside world. Mm -hmm. Or you're on a planet that has a day-night cycle that's so near to Earth's that it doesn't really matter. Which is possible. Like Mars, right? Mm -hmm. Mars is really close. Yeah, like 23-something-something hours or something. Yeah, it's not... It is very similar. It's similar enough where I think it would be fairly easy to adapt to the day-night cycle. Uh, Not a whole lot to see outside on Mars, though, so... (laughs) I mean, you'd be like, "Is it a nice day?" Well, it's red and dusty. Yeah. It's kind of kind of dusty. You know, it's a little less rusty today than it was yesterday. It's not true. It's all oxidized. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, just what does night even look like on Mars? I feel like all the pictures I've seen <laughs> were taken during the day. Well, it's, at night it's pretty dark. They don't have any street lamps out there. <laughs> all right, you know, you know, guys. I mean, this is incredibly interesting conversation, but as it turns out, I mean, it's it's going to be really hard, if not impossible, to manage time across both uh, Earth and uh, uh, interstellar traveling uh, uh, spaceships that are moving at near the speed of light or, or really any significant speed, significant enough to get out of our solar system and perhaps into another one, just because that's the way time works. And it's uh it's pretty hard to wrap your head around. I mean, it's it's weird to think that the second hand on my watch would be moving to me the same amount as it would on Earth if I were on a really fast ship. But from an outside observer who somehow is magically able to see this, it would look like it's moving in slow motion. That's that seems crazy and counterintuitive to us, but that's the way time works. I actually don't wear a watch, so I don't even know why I bothered doing this show. Yeah, me me neither. Are, yeah. we, are we three non-watch wearers oh, right now? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, wow. I just All got right. a lot of hair on my wrist. So, as the great Douglas Adams once said, time is an illusion. Lunchtime doubly so. And I think that pretty much sums it up, guys. Uh, we here at Forward Thinking are really excited to have a conversation with you, our audience, And to really make this an interactive experience, not just us gathering around and chatting into microphones and being silly, but to really have conversations about the future and things that are going to play a role in our future. So we highly recommend you go check out the website. It's fwthinking.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Google+. If there's any place else you think we should be, let us know. We're going to be there. And we look forward to having a conversation with you and finding out what you think about the future and what gets you excited. Let us know. And we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.